0: Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are a regular listener to One of a Kind You, welcome back. I'm so excited that you stopped by for another episode. If you're new Welcome. I'm so excited that you're joining us as well. And you decided to check it out and see what it's all about. So the way this podcast usually works is that I share a journal entry of mine. um, And I reflect on what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I had known then. But not tonight, ladies, you do not have to listen to me blab alone, because we have a wonderful guest with us. Her name is Nina Perez. And let me tell you, she is the woman of all trades. So she's a coach. She's an entrepreneur, she's an author, she's a speaker, she's a podcaster, and she's a chef. And chef, I admire you tremendously because I have zero cooking ability. (laughs) If I don't have a recipe, then I can't do it. That's so funny. So, um, anybody. uh, What did you say?
1: I said I could teach you. I could teach anybody.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. Bring it on because um, I'm sure my husband would be eternally grateful to you for (laughs) teaching me how to cook because he does all the cooking and I do all the cleaning up. So, um, sure but she that. she uses all that she's been through to encourage and impact lives of women one at a time. So, um, her autobiography is called "Hit Me with Your Best Shot: How I Overcame a Hard-Hitting Life," which is a story of abuse, teen pregnancy, domestic violence, abortion, hard times, divorce, poverty finding faith, overcoming and hitting life back when life hits us hard. And I don't know about you, but I can relate to so many of those Mm -hmm. topics within her autobiography. So ladies get the book. Um, She's currently a business strategist and a coach for women to help them create the profitable and impactful businesses they envision. And they, um, Nina says that encountering challenges has made her the woman she is today determined, strong and full in faith in God. So she started her own YouTube and podcast called Straight Talk, No Sugar Added, been on it as a guest. It was an absolute blast because she really wants to impact others using her story and the story of people that have also come overcome obstacles. So without further ado, welcome Nina.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me here.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. We had a little bit of technical difficulties, but fingers crossed, it keeps cooperating now. So um, Nina, what um, inspired you to write your book? Because I can imagine that probably wasn't necessarily the easiest thing to put all that you've been through on the pages of a book for other people to read.
1: Yeah, it really wasn't. I think that the um, what inspired me is that I wanted some healing.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, I, I needed to, every year, uh, what I do, Kim, is I challenge myself with something new so you know it was uh do a podcast started the podcast and it was you know just go and rent a space to do a show so I started a show and you know stuff like that and and the book was one of them that was been on my heart for a long time Mm -hmm. but I kept putting it off because it was a lot it was very painful Mm -hmm. and so uh finally I decided it was 2018 that was my new challenge for the year so my new challenge was write the book so I got very focused I just told my husband hey listen um I'm going to be uh, taking some time, two to three hours a day, and I am going to write this book. And I did. I had to heal, Kim. I had a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of things, a lot of shame, a lot of you know things I carried in my life that I had to get rid of. And so that's what really pushed me to, um, to start the process of getting that book out there.
0: Yeah, I love that because um, I think... So often people need that healing, but they're, mm-hmm. they're really not sure how to actually make it happen. And the fact that you were willing to be so vulnerable to help yourself heal and share that healing process with others, I think yeah. is such a gift. Um, because I think oftentimes, and this is how I felt, and I'm not sure if you felt the same way when I was going through my healing journey, I didn't tell anyone that I was struggling. I didn't want anyone to know the things that I had been through because I didn't want people to look at me differently i mm-hmm. wanted people to think that i had it all figured out and so i kept so much of it bottled up inside and it made the journey harder yes, and does. more painful and so looking back i'm like ah oh, kim you should have never kept all of that stuff de- like deep inside you should have let the people that you know that truly care about you in on the journey
1: yeah and
0: so i think it's a gift it's in a way it's showing other people like, hey look you can heal too. And this is one of the ways.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I talk a lot about, you know, uh, shame and overcoming it because I think to me anyway, there's, there's like two types of shame. There's uh, I I call it a healthy shame, which is a shame that starts to kind of transform the way you do something. So you don't do it again. So Mm -hmm. kind of like if i you know took something out of someone's bag I should be ashamed I shouldn't do that again that shouldn't be the right thing to do right but then there's this shame that we carry that's not ours to carry Mm -hmm. right and it's usually when somebody's done something to us and against us and we had no control and yet we're the ones walking around with the shame and the embarrassment of it and so you know that's not healthy and not for us to carry and there's this secretive that comes with it right Mm -hmm. so that's what shame needs anyway to brew and to grow right is Is for you to be quiet, for it to be a secret, and for you to feel like you're the wrong, you're in the wrong, mm-hmm. you know, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And so, um, your the the obstacles and the trials and tribulation trials and tribulations that you've experienced, based on you know your um, introduction that you shared with me, it goes back to your teen years, mm. and so. Um, How long from your teen years into your adult years did it take you to say, um, enough is enough. I want to let that go so I can step in to be the woman that I'm meant to be.
1: Yeah. You know, it actually started at around six years old when my father's stepfather started molesting me. So that's, Mm. that's when the trauma started and all of that. And, um, and then in my teens, I had a kid, you know, at, at, it was 14 when I was pregnant, I had a kid at 15 years old. And so I still had to finish high school and everything. Now, I've always had something in me where I knew I was strong, Mm -hmm. even though I was struggling a lot with, um, you know, depression and anxiety and, you know, um, anger and all of these things. But I still kept my nose to the grind and just kept doing it. I think it's just built in me. That's just the way I'm built, right? But Mm -hmm. I did therapy and all these other things. But to answer your question, Kim, it has taken me a very long time. I mean, there was no healing really, right? And when you're Mm -hmm. growing up in a space and in a time where um, there's no one really asking you if you're okay, nobody really cares you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so when you're in that space you you know who do you talk to and what do you latch on to so i started recognizing i think in, in maybe my late 20s early 30s i started getting to self-development and i'm like okay i i need to do something this cannot be all there is in life mm-hmm. you know i mean i lived in better women's shelters you know i did all of that i you know I, my um ex almost killed me put a gun to my head he pulled the trigger Wow. And the gun got jammed. And that's the only reason why I'm sitting here today. Wow. And, you know, I feel like, you know, that caused a lot of trauma, Um, you know, anxiety, worry, insomnia, like all of that stuff, right? Because yes. trauma does that it, it, it's <laughs> deep, but it causes these uh, reoccurring issues. Right. Yes. Um. So it took a long time. It took a long time of healing. It took a long time. My relationship and my faith with God grew. And as that grew, and I realized that I was loved and cared for all of that, then that started to start to heal me from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know, maybe within my thirties, early thirties, I started and I'm still working on some healing,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: probably yeah. lifelong. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's definitely lifelong. I think our timelines align with when that healing journey started, Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't necessarily have the childhood trauma that you had at a young age, my parents divorced. So I grew up seeing domestic violence in my mom's house, um, but Mm -hmm. not at my dad's house. And so um, it was my teen years where things really started to derail for me personally, but it wasn't until my thirties, when I left my teaching career, I started going to therapy thinking like, oh, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going, cause I'm having a, an identity crisis and she's right. going to say it's, you know, three easy steps. And then it was like Pandora's box opened and it was like, oh, all of this, all of this stuff from that past trauma, you know, mm-hmm. way back to my parents' divorce at three or four, up until me leaving my career, it was like, uh, I wasn't ready for it, but
2: right.
0: it was so important that it happens because like you, it, it helped me to get to where I am. And it's for sure a lifelong journey because yeah. while some things have been healed, there are other things that pop up and I'm like, Oh, where did that come from? Hmm. <laughs> you know, and you don't even see it coming until it's there. And you're like, Whoa, yeah. blindsided. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for sure, right? I, and and but you have to, you know, for all of you who are listening to, you know, yeah, it can be scary. It actually can be scary, but I think it's more scary to keep living in that space and not heal, right? Um, because it took me so long. I'm I'm a I'm like, dang it, I should have done this, you know. 20 years before that, you know what I mean? And started healing even further, but it's okay. I mean, I'm glad I'm, I am where I am. And I really do believe that our trials, our tribulations are, you know, the, the really hard things are in our life are what creates us today. Now it Mm -hmm. can create us or break us. That's up to us. Right. I always say I'm bent, not broken. Right. So, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like, you know, God will use all of those things in your life to help you impact somebody else's life. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, I feel like that's what we're here for is to impact someone's life, whether it's our children, our relatives, our family, our friends, co-workers, or even people I don't know, right? Kim, like me and you don't know each other, but our stories really connect with each other. And so we, we've um, connected on my podcast and then we are able to be here today. And I think that those are the little ripples that you start to affect other people's lives.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. And I think too, you know, you say, oh my gosh, why didn't I start 20 years earlier? I have that same thing, but I know 20 years ago, I wasn't ready.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: true. You know, so you, it happens when you're ready and when you're open to it, because 20 years ago, I was way in the thick of the struggle. I was still with the abusive boyfriend who we started dating at 15. I wasn't in college. I wasn't holding a steady job. I was really a quite an unproductive member of society. (laughs) And, um, it, it didn't look like there was anything more in my future, but like you, I always had that feeling inside, like this can't be it. I know I'm meant for more than this. And it was when I finally like had the courage to just be like, okay, I'm done. And I'm leaving um, Mm -hmm. that I started to have the space to start making the changes that I wanted. So I enrolled in college at 21, just at the community college, which wasn't in the the plan growing up. You know, I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to a four-year college, but I had to start small. So I went to community college because it had been three years since I've been in school. And then from community college, I went to a little bit bigger school and then a bigger school and, you know, finished my degrees and, and things like that. So You know, we have to sometimes have grace with ourselves and recognize that uh, where we are now is where we're meant to be and that the experiences that we have, they're leading us to this point. And it's just a matter of just being open to whatever is going to happen in this moment.
1: That's right. You know, as you're talking, that's so true. I think I went back to college at thirty. I think it was 30 or 31 when I went to college, because, you know, growing up as, um, you know, just to say it, a a statistic, as they would say, right, I was born and raised in the projects. I'm Hispanic. I had a, you know, a child at 15 years old while I was in middle school, Kim, like I can't even, it just blows my mind now when I'm an adult, because I see my boys and my daughter, and they don't have children, and they're in their 30s, like 20s and 30s, right? Um, Because I kept teaching them about what I did and what the struggles I went through. So they like, yeah. well, we don't want that. Well, thank God they yeah. listen to one thing, Kim, because they didn't listen to nothing else. Right. But, uh... <laughs> You're like, check. At least I got uh, that one. That. Right. No, they're good people. But you know, the thing is, um, is that I realized that you know, uh, being at 15 years old and being a statistic and all that, I didn't think I was smart enough. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't know that I, you know, was, was going to be able to even learn anything. Honestly, I was a, I was a hustler and I worked a lot and I, you know, you did what I had to do. And I always rose to the top at every job I had, but there were, you know, just regular jobs, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and then it wasn't until I felt in my heart that it was time to go back to school. I went back to school. And I realized, whoa, wait a minute, I got a 4.2 GPA. Like, I'm Actually, kind of smart, you know? And then I went from, you know, from my certification to associates to bachelor's and so on. And then I now I I am in love with learning. I love learning, but I didn't know I had that in me. Right. So I don't want anybody to feel like discouraged if you're going through something or struggling with something. I was a single mom. I get it. It's hard. It is freaking hard. Being a parent is hard with two people. So if you're by yourself, it is hard. And you know what, though? You'll discover things about yourself. That you never knew were there or possible. So mm-hmm. don't discount anything. Cause I used to discount it all the time. Oh, college is not for me. Cause people told me, my teachers told me college is not for you. You're not smart enough. You know, you got a kid, you got to work and take care of your kid. This is not just for my teachers. It was from my mom. It was mm-hmm. from family members. Mm-hmm. And I knew like you, I knew something in me was like, mm, I just feel like I'm better than this. You know, yeah. that I have more greatness inside of me. And I'm so glad Kim, because my story now is what I use to impact these women and help these women unleash some of the stuff that's in them. It's a, it's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah. you know, we get so stuck in the thoughts and the beliefs of what we're not, mm-hmm. that it it doesn't even allow us a glimmer of insight of to what we are or what we could be. And right. so like you, I was always a good student. I always had good grades, but it wasn't until I was with the not so healthy relationship that my grades started to plummet. I lost my acceptance to the university. I had all my fees paid, I had my schedule picked and they took it away from me. And wanted me to speak in front of this committee of people and get these letters of recommendation. And me being the hot headed 18 year old that I was, I literally told the Dean of Admissions to kiss my ass. Right. <laughs> my mom was ready to literally murder me I bet. in that moment. I bet she was. In she that was. moment. Um, but I like looking back, I, I wouldn't have done well at university at that time, because I had so many other things going on in my life that I started to allow those other things to really dictate the way that I thought about myself, the way that I thought about life Mm -hmm. and the way that I thought about others, that it was really such a disservice to me because I really sold myself short on so many levels. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was able to start recognizing that those thoughts that I had were really not true at all, that that's where things started to change. But I had to have the help of someone calling BS on me uh, because even though I had done so much work, I still lived in that victim state.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's easy to live in because you don't know it. Right. And you don't know what you don't know. And so it's not like we wake up every day, say today, I'm going to be a victim, right? Right. It's not what happens, but you're in this space for so long, or you've been beaten up for so long. Mm -hmm. You don't realize all of the barriers, the walls and everything that you've built around yourself because it's scary. Right. Kim. I mean, your Mm -hmm. brain is literally designed to protect you literally. So when, as soon as you're going to do something that's uncomfortable, that's not good for you. That's scary. Your brain immediately goes to, mm, we don't, we don't have to do that. Like, yeah. you know, I want to be a runner, but the pint of ice cream looks really good today. Right. Cause that's yeah. more comforting. It keeps you safe. You don't got to sweat. You don't got to get hurt. It's just the truth. Right. Yeah. So victim mentality is a tough one because a, a lot of people don't know they have victim mm-hmm. mentality and B, if they do, it's a very scary place to get out of it because now you have to find out who you really are. Who are you without the shield of the victim? Right. I don't know if that happened to you, but that happened to me when I realized I no longer was depressed and I no longer had anxiety. I literally sat there for a second in fear. Mm -hmm. And my husband's like, what's going on? I'm like, I am literally afraid of who I am right now. I don't know. I don't feel depressed today. I'm not feeling anxious today. I actually feel pretty damn good. Now what? Right? Yeah. Like it was scary. Yes. <laughs> it's a scary moment. You know, I'm glad I got rid of that. You know, old. You know, clothing. As I say, ill-fitting clothing that no longer belongs. You know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the victim mentality thing is a real thing. So for those of you who are listening, I'm like, ah, what's that? It's a real thing. Yeah. And you need to catch yourself. Um. Yes. I always say, catch yourself before you wreck yourself, like the song. You know. What yes. Like. Catch yourself if you if you find out you're going I can't or I don't know or and you know that you're supposed to but you don't know how to get there that might be a piece of the victim mentality for you
0: yeah, yeah. and so and and a lot of times we don't even know that we're doing that no um, yeah. and so they're like uh and this was in my 30s so mm-hmm. um I had already done therapy so this was like five years after therapy and someone and I was still running it and didn't even know it and they're like, um, and when does the victim story end for you? And I went,
1: yeah. oh, I know it hurts, right?
0: What are you talking about? I oh, don't dare see you. myself that way. And then I, once I stopped for a second, I went, oh, yeah. oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. I totally do. Exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I had a client recently, uh, she was talking about all the things that she does. And she does like 15 things, right? And um, and she was also talking about her trauma, some things she's gone through, but she does this, 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 this. She had like, she had like six things. And I was like, oh, okay. And I said, so you have this, this, okay. So why do you have that many things? And a lot of times we don't even realize that the victim mentality is also over doing things over the top like Mm -hmm. just really trying to cover everything so we do everything right because we we're going to show you we're tough but in the 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 reality is if we strip those things away it's scary too because you've now used all of the work all of the things you do everything that you get involved with to cover the fact that you're going through some stuff So if some of you thought you were getting away with it, you were not getting away with it. So she was telling me about all of these great things that she was doing. And I said, why do you have so many things on your plate? And she said, oh, it's just, I'm built that way. If I finish something, I have to start something else. And I'm like, and which one of these things did you finish? None. None. Right. None. And why was I able to call her on that? Because I was the exact same way. I, was, right? I had so many projects people be like how do you do so many things oh I got a scheduled out when I had to pause and say Nina why do you have so many things why can't you sit for a second and meditate with some music on or something what's going on there what's so scary mm-hmm. that you don't even want to stop for a second to look yeah. mm, girl
0: right right <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then it, you know, part of it, I think, is that we're worried that people are going to see through yeah. and realize that we are a hot mess express that and is... that we are struggling so deeply. And that is the last thing that I ever want in a million years is to know mm-hmm. when, for people to know when I'm a hot mess express. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think it's something we need to, yeah, I, I can't speak for men and I'm sure men do it too in different ways, but yes. I know for women, we just take on too much, you know, well, I mean, yeah. at least for all the women that I've worked with or, mm-hmm. and have coached, yep. you know, it's been this thing of, you know, Oh, I'm going to be the super mom, super wife, mm-hmm. super, you know, career person, super, you know, neighbor, super everything, you know, and you don't have to be those things and only do the things that are going to lift you up and encourage you. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's a hard thing to do because you have to say no, no is a complete yeah. sentence. It is, it's no period. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to explain anything else. Like one of the other things that I find a lot of women do is, Oh, I love your shirt. Oh, thanks. Oh, I got it on sale at, mm-hmm.
2: well,
1: why do you have to, what, why that's the piece I want to, I am, cause I'm, I'm a curious mind. So I'm always like, why, yeah. why, why that piece? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why not just thank you? Yes. You know, and it's that again, it's that insecurity. Like, don't look at me like I think I know it all. Don't look at me like I like it all. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we have so many things we got to unearth and uncover and that's okay. It's a lifetime journey. I love it. I love when I find something I need to get rid of. I call it stinking thinking. I love Ah, when I I need to get rid of that stinking thinking. If it's there and like they said to you, so when does the victim mentality end or the story
0: end? Yeah. Wow. Powerful. Yeah. I love that. Yes. And they so, love that. right. So now it's like, it's in my forefront. So I can say to myself, Oh, that's a really not great story that you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. 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 Victim Kim is knocking on the door. And sometimes <laughs> if I don't catch myself, my husband will do it. He'll say, um, That sounds like a victim story to me, and I'm like, no one asked you, and, right, right, right. <laughs> I'm like, who's the coach here, me or you? Right, and, right, right. So, and when I coach him, he's like, I don't need you to coach me. So, right. I'm like, oh, but you can coach me, huh? I see how this works. Same, same, yeah. Yep. So, but you know it's, what's
1: so funny is we don't want to hear it, though. I mean, yeah, uh, not all the time, not all the time. I don't yes. know about you, Kim, but there are times. Tell me like it is. I need to know. I want to move forward. Yes. And there are times like, girl, don't you talk to me like that.
2: <laughs> don't uh-huh. you talk
1: to me like that. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely. And I always give permission to the, especially the women that I work with. I do give them permission to wallow for a second.
0: Yes. We, we need go,
1: that. Yeah, we need that. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Not if if from no one else just from ourselves to sort of validate what it is that we're going through that we're not feeling great that yeah this life is hard sometimes this situation sucks you know it's not what we thought it was going to be but you can't stay in the wallow forever so yes absolutely you know set that timer for five minutes ten minutes and then when the timer goes off it's time to figure out how to move forward because you can't stay there forever Hmm.
1: Hmm. I I love um. Uh. I forget her name. Um. Robbins. Uh. Mel. Mel Robbins. Yes. I. Yeah. Before she even came out with the book, the five second rule. It's exactly what I used to always do. I used to always be like, nope, five, four, three, two, one, and I used to go about my business. And yeah. then when I and I forgot about that. And then I read her book, and I'm like, of course you would make millions off of an idea I had a long time right. ago, right? But um. But the thing is, is I I do tell my my women that I love that timer thing because that's exactly what I. I do as well. Yeah. Like, okay, you I give you permission. You want to wallow for a little bit? Go ahead, go, go for it. You yeah. got you got 90 seconds, do it. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, because of blah blah blah. And then they even themselves say, Ugh, I don't like that. I'm like, good. Now let's yeah. move on. You yeah. know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think when we actually bring attention to the fact that we're wallowing, then yes. it takes the fun out of it. Yes. It takes the fun of being a Debbie Downer, completely out of the equation. you are like, okay, yeah, I, let's pick something else to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> so true. It's so true. I love it. Yes. I love what we do.
0: Yes. So, okay. So part of, uh, it sounds like the a big part of your journey was really changing your thinking about the past maybe the present and the, and the future too. And so mm-hmm. if someone is wanting to start changing the way they're thinking, but they're like, oh, it's just been like this for so long. And they're in their perpetual wallow. Mm-hmm. What is something that they can do, Nina, to get the ball moving, to get out of the wallow mode mm-hmm. and start getting into a different way of thinking?
1: Well, I mean, if they don't go for um, therapy or a coach, which those are always going to be my number one choices, right? I think a coach will always help you move forward, honestly. And not because me and you are coaches. I really do believe everyone needs a coach. I just do. It's Um,
0: from personal experience. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I didn't, I didn't even know what coaching was Mm -hmm. when I signed up for coaching. I had been through therapy. It was not a good experience. I did a lot of holistic things and they were really making an impact, but I felt like I still needed something. And I was like, well, I'm surely not doing therapy again. If it's going to be like what I went through the last time. So I signed up for a leadership workshop through a coach and thinking like, well, I'm not a leader, but okay. Like I have nothing Mm -hmm. to lose here. And this is it. Like if this doesn't work, then I don't know what is. And so it was in that leadership workshop with a coach That I was like, oh my gosh, I had so many epiphanies in two days, signed up for eight sessions of coaching. And I had so much more transformation, growth and breakthrough in eight sessions of coaching than I did in almost two years of therapy. So, so it's never just saying it because I'm a coach. Like I've actually lived it. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Same, same. I've had several coaches. I'm on my, I think third coach and I'll probably be going on to my fourth and fifth and sixth because I just believe in it. I believe in the growth of it. I believe in the transformation of it, but here's the thing. If you, if you're saying, well, I don't want to coach. First of all, I I want you to think about what that means. Like if you don't want to uh, say, invest in a coach or invest in something. So I want you to think about what you're losing. If you don't, first of Mm -hmm. all, but say you don't, The other trick I use with people is to look at their space. So say I'm, I'm at that wallow state and, um, and I know I'm going into that place. I will immediately get my mind focused on other things. Helping others is a good one. And another thing is my actual space. So I'll say, oh, my wall is gray. That's a beautiful gray. I wonder what kind of gray that is. Oh, let me look for something blue. Let me look for something. And what happens is, is that you are literally telling your brain, nope, nope. We are not focusing on this, on that wallowing space. We are Mm -hmm. shifting a a perspective. So it's either go for a walk, uh, go clean something, go, you know, uh, throw in a, a load of laundry, go whatever it is. I just feel like I have you have to break the pattern because mm-hmm. your brain doesn't know any better. Your brain is just doing what you've programmed it to do for so long. Yes. So now you have to like immediately shift the the brain, the unconscious brain, and the conscious brain, so you can just keep it moving. So mm-hmm. that's what I do. So like if I was here and I'm wallowing and I'm like, oh, look, red. You know what else is red? You know what I'm saying? that people think, might think that's silly, but it actually isn't, it works. It takes your focus off of your, what you're focusing on that's mm-hmm. making you upset or a victim or depressed or whatever that is. And it's making you like shift focus. And before you know it, you're not thinking about that thing anymore. Yeah. You know, so that's, yeah. a, that's a quick trick.
0: Yeah, I love it. And it's because you, your brain almost gets into autopilot mode. So mm-hmm. if you don't snap your brain out of it, it will continue to run in that cycle right. of autopilot over and over and over and over and over mm-hmm. because there's nothing, there's no brake being put on that autopilot mode. Right. And once you can put the brake on that autopilot mode, then you can focus on other things. You can take notice of other things. And sometimes right. when you snap out of that autopilot mode, you're like, oh my gosh, it's not even as bad as I thought. Right. I can actually right. manage this so much more easily than I ever gave myself credit for
1: Right. I mean, the best analogy, right. Is, is when you're driving a car, for those of you who are drivers and you take the same road all the time, mm-hmm. you get home sometimes and you're like, how did I get home? Yeah. You know, cause you're on complete autopilot. There's nothing actually abstracting you from looking at something different or th- So that's why I take different roads. Yeah. I start taking different ways on purpose because I don't want to get to the point where my brain just automatically is on autopilot all the time without me thinking, Mm -hmm. right? I call it lazy thinking, right? So don't be a lazy thinker. And as soon as you're just like going with the motion, stop yourself and say, why am I going with the motions? What is this about? Why am I doing the same road all the time? Why am I, you know, question yourself. I always question myself. I think it's what that question actually makes your brain think of an answer. You have to think of an answer. Mm -hmm. If I say to you guys, do not think of a pink elephant right now. You think of a pink elephant, you can't help it. Your brain automatically has to, has to have a solution to whatever that problem is. Right. So, Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Amazing. So Nina, if, um, my listeners want to connect with you on social media, um, and maybe shoot you a DM or send you an email, is that okay? Absolutely.
1: Of course I'm open for business.
0: Excellent. I love it. So, um, ladies, all of Nina's contact information will be in the show notes. So, all you have to do is click and go right there. No going down the internet rabbit hole of trying to find her. Um, You'll have all the information in the show notes. Nina, I can't even begin to thank you enough for this amazing episode and for taking the time to join me today. I'm so appreciative. And I feel like this was so impactful. And I know. Um, My listeners are going to take so much from this episode.
1: Oh, this was super fun. And thank you so much. And for those of you who are listening, Kim was on straight talk, no sugar added. So you're going to have to go on there and listen to her episode as well. But I appreciate you having me here to talk with you and your people. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thank you. So ladies, um, if you would be so kind, to leave a review. I would be so appreciative. I take the time to read all the reviews to make sure that this podcast continues to be a place of support and guidance and really a one-stop shop for resources so that you don't have to go looking here, there, and everywhere to find the information that you need. And if you found this episode helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend because the more the merrier. So thank you so much for tuning into another episode of One of a Kind You, and I will see you ladies next week.
1: Hi.